Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. The following podcast is part four in the series, Contending for the Faith. This is the morning session of Sunday the 3rd of May 2009, entitled, Exposing the Error Continued. And the Bible reading is the book of Jude, chapters 1 to 25. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. Book of Jude, beginning in verse 1, says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Well, there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. The angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also, these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. But these speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally as brute beasts, in those things they corrupt themselves. Woe unto them! For they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. These are spots in your feast of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, carried about of winds. Trees whose fruit withereth without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Raging waves of the sea foaming out their own shame. Wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speech which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage, But, beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, 
having not the Spirit, but ye, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, knowing or looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen. Father, we thank you again for this time that we have together. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We pray now, Lord, that by your power and by your might, Lord, that you might speak words to our hearts this morning. You know every heart. You know every need. Father, may we both receive that which you have for us and respond in whatever way we need. In Christ's name we pray, amen and amen. This is the fourth message in our series on contending for the faith. Our theme taken from verse 3, that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. We began in our first two sermons, were really part one and part two of one sermon which was earnestly contending. Now, who can remember in earnestly contending that we have a fight to be fought for a faith in its fullness on a foundation that's firm against a foe that's a fraud? And we looked at those things, and we moved on this past Sunday. We moved to the second Message, part three of the series, which if we are going to contend for the faith, if we're going to earnestly contend, then we must expose the error. And we looked at that last week, and we began by looking at this thing of apostasy historically, remembering the past. And of course, that's exactly what that we're told here in the book of Jude to do. To remember. He said in verse 5, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. We looked at their unbelieving faith that brought their eventual destruction. And then we looked at the next verse. It says, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation and hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. We saw that not only with the nation of Israel did their unbelieving faith bring eventual destruction, but we saw that unchecked pride brought everlasting chains, bondage even to those angels. And of course, in verse 7, 
even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. With these cities, their unbridled lust brought eternal fire. It was something that we saw in those verses that even to this day as we gather here today, it's still there. The Bible says we need to remember these things. We need to look at this. And, of course, we saw how that in each and every one of these cases, that apostasy is something where that people have known the truth, but they have turned away from it. They've had it. They've held it. They've known it. But they've turned their backs on it. And we've seen the cause and we've seen the consequences of these historically that have done it. And we said that each and every one of us, <coughs> if we've been around Christians and around the church for very long, most of us can look and we can know people that in our past have known the truth, but yet they have turned away from it. Why? Because of these that have slipped in unawares. Because of this foe, this enemy that we have, of these that are sneaking in, and they're not what they appear to be. You see, the Word of God goes on here as we pick up in verse 8. Not only do we look at apostasy historically in remembering the past, but we need to look at apostasy here, right now, as we recognize the present. With all of these truly fearful examples before us, you know, people still persist in their sin. Look around. There are too many today that are identifying with these very examples that we have looked at. We looked in Deuteronomy chapter 13, if you remember, even back in the Old Testament, that spoke of these dreamers, these false prophets, even in their day. Just as we read about in the examples that we've noted here, the ungodly, their sinful influences upon God's people. Verse 8 says, likewise, just like we've looked back, just like we've seen these examples, just like we see that it's taken place in God's Word before, he says, likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. <coughs> you see, these, being those same certain men that have crept in unawares, these who we've seen were marked out long ago, these who were written off beforehand in the Word of God, right now, just like these that we've seen as examples, we have this same danger before us today of apostasy 
We need to recognize the present. And these things need to be exposed with all of the error that is there. You see, first of all, he says, likewise, these filthy dreamers. And he goes on, and what he really gives us here as we look at them is their activities. Notice what he says about these filthy dreamers. Filthy dreamers. False prophets. Deceived people. Claiming to get truth and teachings by revelation of their dreams. Now, we won't go back in all that. That was in last Sunday's sermon, and you can go and look back. But the truth is, we cannot base our Christian faith. We cannot base the things that are right and wrong and doctrinally sound. We cannot base them upon emotions, upon our feelings. We cannot base them upon our dreams. Now, you know, God speaks in all kinds of circumstances, in all kinds of ways. We have many today, these filthy dreamers that are claiming to have new revelation, new things from God. Just as we said last week that most cults that we look at today, that's how they began. Somebody came along and they had had a, a dream, a vision, some new revelation that was not in God's Word. Folks, remember this simple truth as I mentioned it last week. We cannot, under any circumstances, interpret the Word of God by our experiences. I know this is true because I've experienced it, because I've done it, because I've felt it, because I've been there. These dreams were real, but they weren't truth. <laughs> Remember, we cannot interpret God's Word. We cannot decide what it means and what it must mean, and it must mean this because of our experiences, but all of our experiences must be interpreted by God's Word. That's our foundation that's firm. That's what we've been given. We know this is from God, and it's upon that that we must stand. These are filthy dreamers, he says. These men defile the flesh. In other words, they, they pollute the flesh. They contaminate it. They stain it. They defile it both morally and physically in their intercourse with the world. You know, the Bible doesn't proclaim harshness against many sins like it does fornication. But fornication can not only be committed physically, but spiritually. We find that these defile the flesh by their contamination. They make those around them unclean. He says these despise dominion. In other words, they reject authority. <laughs> they do not want authority. They reject the authority of God. They reject the authority of God's Word. They reject the authority of those that God has placed in authority in His church. The truth is they want to answer to themselves and nobody else. And that's why you see that time and time and time again, they have to go out and start their own little group where they are the authority. They despise dominion. 
He says they speak evil of dignities. Speaking evil, what does he mean by dignities? Those, those things which are glorious. Those things which are, are held in, in, in high esteem. That which commands our respect. That which is honored and glorified. Because of what follows in the next verse, we know that he specifically here is probably speaking of those dignities in the heavenlies, the angels of God themselves, the angelic realm. He goes on in verse 9, Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, does not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. You see, he's showing us here. These that have crept in unawares, these filthy dreamers, they've got big egos. <laughs> They've got big egos. Their confidence is in themselves. Their confidence is in the flesh. And of course, he illustrates it here with the account that even Michael, the archangel, when he was contending or fighting with Satan himself over the body of Moses, even then he didn't go against the devil in his own strength, but he went in the name of of the Lord. He went in the might and the power of the Lord. Now, if you were to, to look back in your Bibles in Deuteronomy chapter 34, you'll find the instance recorded that he's most likely speaking of here in verse 5 and 6, when Moses was buried, the Word of God said, without any man knowing where. Nobody knew where the grave of Moses was. Why? Well, probably because if Satan had had his way, he'd probably have turned Moses' grave into some kind of shrine or idol, just as like we have all around the world today, and God wasn't having that. And so we see Michael, the archangel himself, is fighting with Satan over the body of Moses, where it's going to be buried. Notice what he says in the next verse, but these speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally as brute beasts, in those things they corrupt themselves. They speak evil of those things they know not. In other words, they, they blaspheme, if you would, or they revile the things that they, they don't understand. <laughs> you know, time and time and time and time again, if you get around these that have got all of their filthy dreams, their new revelations, their new prophecies, and all these new ideas, new ways to worship, new ways to do all of these things, you see what they think about somebody that stands upon the Word of God. <laughs> you see what they think about somebody that wants to stand scripturally and bound by those scriptures. They speak evil of those things that they know not. You see, in their egotistical fashion, <laughs> all their imagined power and imagined authority, they think that there's something special in themselves. And they were real against spiritual matters in which they really know nothing about whatsoever. They're just making up their own thing as they go along. And you know, listen, you got to keep in mind, folks, be careful here because many of them are so genuine. They are totally convinced. But see, they're being convinced not by God and His Word, not by the things of God, 
They don't know about those things. They're being convinced by their own flesh, by their own filthy dreams, by their own experiences, rather than what God says. He says they corrupt themselves through the flesh. Of course, what they know. They only know through the flesh, through their own intellect, through their fleshly desires. According to the Word of God, they can't even really understand spiritual things anyway. They tend to be arrogant about their intellect and all of these things, no, and, and that everybody else that's trying to stand on the old-fashioned Word of God, they're the ones that are ignorant and don't see this new enlightenment that's been given to them. He compares their knowledge here to a brute beast. And it's that knowledge of only the, the natural man and the natural feelings and the natural emotions that the Bible says will corrupt them. The word corruption here literally speaks of self-destruction. <laughs> it will. That corruption so depth that it will eventually destroy themselves. What? Through their fleshly knowledge, through their fleshly brute desires. Just a few pages back in your Bible, we have Peter with a similar description in 2 Peter chapter 2. Notice what Peter says about these things. He says, but there were false prophets also among the people even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways. Folks, just because they've got a following of their thousands and their hundreds of thousands, just because a lot of people are following them, it doesn't mean but they've got the truth. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now for a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government, presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities, whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. But these, as natural brute beasts, 
made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime, spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. Having eyes full of adultery, and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bozor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a, with, with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. When they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness. Those that were clean escaped from them who live in error, while they promised them liberty. They themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome of the same as he brought in bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them but it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again. And the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Do you know that the Bible says it's far, far worse to know the truth and to turn from it than not to know it at all. To whomsoever much is given, much is required. Folks, we have no excuse. We have the truth before us. And I say it to you again unashamedly. It's not a question of what this preacher says. It's not a question of what the Baptist church or any other church says. It's a question of what God says. We find that we're given these tremendous warnings here were given a pretty vivid rundown of their activities, of these and what they think of themselves. But God will go on. And we'll see as we look into these latter verses because our time is gone. It looks like there's going to be a part three to this sermon. <laughs> our time is gone. But what does God think of them? You see, what he's given us here is their activities and what they think of themselves. But what are they like in the eyes of Almighty God? You see, God does not want us to be deceived. It's so easy. We read of it over and over. And you know, some of you have been down the same path that I have in my Christian life. Have you ever been led astray? <laughs> Have you ever, even though you knew something, have you ever been maybe moved away from that because of somebody else's words? Maybe they could talk in such a way. You see, I have to admit that 
even though I thank God, I, I genuinely believe with all my heart that I had the wonderful privilege of being raised in a church that was doctrinally sound. I have to admit that in my early ministry, in such a desire to feel and to know the things of God, and you know, part of it maybe just from selfishness of wanting everything that I possibly could as a Christian, I wanted to see God move in such a great way. Brother Steve, I was enticed away, if you would, from some of those truths that I'd been taught all of my life and began to follow after some of these filthy dreamers. Thank God I, I, I never left the soundness of the church that I was in. But outside of that, I was listening to their ministry. I was following after their ministries. I was going to some of their meetings and so many of these things. But you know, I thank God. I can still remember the time when these things began to nag at me because I was hearing these things and yet these things that I'd been taught, the truths that were still there. I kept saying, well, you know, I, I can't fit those things together. You know, I, I could still remember when I was actually lying in the hospital bed in, I guess, uh, a recovering state from some surgery that I had had. And as I lay there, and as I'd prayed and as I'd searched, I came to an absolute awakening by the grace of God that I was being pulled in the wrong direction with the greatest of intentions and the greatest of desires. There was error that was drawing me away from the truth. The truth is, folks, remember when we began, we said, just because that we have and know the truth now is no guarantee that we'll still have and hold it tomorrow and next week and next year. And part of what this book of Jude is all about, and part of what this series is that we'll be going through over these next weeks is that we are told to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Our faith in all of its fullness, not just the faith of believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, but our Christian faith, all that it makes up, all that God has given us, it's been delivered to us there. And we need to fight for it and we need to contend for it. And God willing, as we move forward, we're going to look at some of those fundamental things. Folks, we cannot waver on. We cannot move from. But as we see in God's Word today, yes, we can look at the past and we ought to learn from that. But we need to look at the apostasy here and now. We need to recognize the present, that it's all around us. It's always been around. But it's all around us. And we've seen a description of their activities and what they think of themselves. Don't be led astray by those things. Remember what a privilege it is. God has preserved His Word for you. And regardless of what any man says, regardless of what any church says, never go away from that Word. Never stray from what God has said. If you're part of a church... I believe that is one of the very few reasons 
that God gives you to break that commitment with one church and go to another is when they begin to stray from those things that are doctrinally sound and true in God's Word. There's some things, folks, you cannot be in disagreement on and still be in unity. Father, we thank you today. Lord, it's a time that we have enjoyed being able to come around your table to be reminded of our Savior and all that he's done for us. But also, Lord, it's because of what he's done for us, what he did for us once and for all on Calvary. Because of that faith that's been once for all delivered unto us, preserved for us in your word. Father, the understanding that can be given to us and brought to us through the Holy Spirit that lives within us. Father, I pray that you would help us to realize what we have is so precious. It's so precious, Lord, it's, it's worth fighting for. Matter of fact, it must be fought for. There is not, Lord, any kind of enticement in this world of the things around us, of the things we might be or do that is worth turning from this precious truth that you've given us. Help us, Lord. Lord, you know the hearts of each one here this morning. There may be those here that have never accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Maybe they've depended upon their baptism. Maybe they've depended upon their religion. Maybe they've depended upon their own good intentions to, to do what's right, to, to go to church, to do those things, even to be a blessing to others around them. But they've never humbled themselves as a guilty sinner before you. Humble themselves, admitting their sinfulness and asking for that forgiveness that can only come through Jesus Christ and his finished work. Maybe there are those here today that need to do that in their life this day. And Father, for each Christian, Lord, you know those, if they're walking at a distance, if there's something in their life that needs to be dealt with, then help them, Lord. Help them, Lord, because we all, Father, we need, to, we need to be near to you. We need to be relying upon your strength and your protection. So, Father, I pray that you would bring each one here today into close harmony with you, with your word, with each other. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.